Welcome to Back to the Footy. This is episode 19 and I am here with my co-host, the one, the only, Con. Thanks, George. Um, look, it was a terrific round of football. It was, it was almost the round, unfortunately, we didn't have to have because uh, I was much anticipating the next week. But all the excitement and all the shocks came in this week. We haven't seen each other for two weeks for a pod. No, we haven't seen each other full stop, really, because yeah. you've been incredibly busy, and uh, oh, I've been in, uh, I've been incredibly not busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a botanical week. The, so, the, the uh, previous mm. week, we don't a botanical week. I have. I've immersed oh. myself in in floriography Go on. and general botany. So. What type of hyacinth do you have out in the pot out the front? Of many types, but not the grape. Okay. I eschew the grape hyacinth. You do? I do. But anyway, it was a grand <laughs> was weekend. What just... was the type that you showed me in the little pot? Oh, they're the classic Dutch. Yeah. The Dutch. Beautiful. Oh, well, known by many names, but um, yeah, no, beautiful, beautiful scent. It's, oh. it's known, if it's known by many names, it's known to me as mate. <laughs> G'day, mate. You know, when you don't know someone's name. And... Yeah, yeah. No, I... We'll talk more about the hyacinth later, perhaps. Okay. But George, I'm thinking here, um, General George Patton, who oh yeah, uh, I can't make any association with your personality and his personality because <laughs> he's actually a bit of a prick, to be honest. Oh. Well, a lot, to be honest. So, but he did say a lot of stuff, and one of the things he said, and you and I are both. You know, minor aficionados of Second World War history and things like mm. that. But I thought... You more so than me. Uh, at the weekend, one of the things that George said was that success is how high you bounce when you hit the bottom. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's St Kilda. That's a, like... Do you reckon we're on the bounce? Yeah, you're on the bounce and it's incredibly successful. And uh, yeah, I think most people couldn't be more pleased. Well, look, they, there's always still a qualifier whenever, whenever the reports come in that, you know, we've won, we've, we've, you know, it was a run and gun style, it was exciting to watch. They're it not, was. And then, and then the qualifier always comes in. They're not the cleanest of <laughs> ball handlers or, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're making the most of what they've got. Well, yeah, well, Al, and if we want to reference George Patton again, the nickname, his nickname, Old Blood and Guts. Oh, hey, and you, you know, yeah. Bit of the saints about that, do you reckon? Oh, a bit of the saints <laughs> about that, yeah. Uh, he was a firm believer in reincarnation, I read today. Okay. Mm. So, you know, that's yeah. there's a bit there as well yeah. for everybody, I think. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Mm. Um, and yeah, the saints, look, we've won a couple on the trot and, and we're in the finals. Mm. And I was talking to the father of one of Miri's friends the other night at a school function and he... He's a Geelong supporter. It was before we beat them and we were talking about the game and he said, look, I don't really want Geelong to make the finals because we don't really deserve to be there. And what a stark contrast with my perspective on the world. <laughs> I don't care if we have to cheat and, you know, like a final's a final. We don't have to win it. Just make it. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, yeah, the risk of quoting another person probably who's even more cancelled than, than, than George Patton uh, well, I think at one stage, Woody Allen said something like, "80% of success is showing up," yeah. and and that's what the Saints have done all year. Yeah. Um, 
and, and they've just showed up every week and had an absolute crack. There's a couple of times where they've been less than successful at it, but but they've showed up every week. And if that's and I I think I really rate that as a that's a thing of you know don't you know. Well, no, let's get carried away here. How far? Are, <laughs> <laughs> which week will we get to in the finals? Oh, oh, I reckon you'll win the first one, definitely. Um. I'm full of because um, they've just I don't think the buy suits them um, right we need the momentum I think the momentum yeah. and if I could just reference George once more just Please. going because oh, I'm, I'm I'm on a World War 2 bit of strand here that yeah. just things are coming back to me one of the most important social things that George Patton um, in his command of Third Army had going for him he had I, uh, the 760th or 761st, I think, tank battalion. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, this is 1940s mm. when segregation was... Um, mm. This was an all-Afro-American tank uh, battalion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and they were called well before it became politicised in the 60s and became an urban, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. You know what they were called? No. The Black Panthers. Oh, really? Yeah. So right? A lot of, everyone thinks of, well, yeah. everyone, people think the Black, Black Panther thing started with the movement, you know, yeah. in New York and the urban but, protection and everything. No, there's this, and they were massively brave, like incredibly brave rep battalion mm. under Pat. All Patton's men fought hard, but mm-hmm. these guys, they, if memory serves, they ha- not held a record or something, but... They were in combat consecutively for 183 days. Mm, gee. Without a break in combat. 180, nice. half a year every day in combat. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. They're one of the, they're sort of forgotten now a little bit yeah. by people. And um, yeah, they shouldn't be forgotten at all. When people think of Black Panthers, they should also think about these guys. Yeah. Just so brave. Yeah. And they've been overshadowed, and that leads me to my uh, my name for you. you. First of all, you know, you know, a man hasn't had a whole lot of time to consider a mate's nickname um, if he's if he's going to con Fucius. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going for. Uh, as I said, I had a botanical week. I thought you were going for the erstwhile ABC Gardening Australia. Oh, con, no, no, this is Confucius. Uh, when a, well, and it's about being overshadowed. When mm. a wise man points at the moon, the imbecile examines the finger. Uh, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Did Confucius actually say anything? And yeah. he <laughs> seems to only come up on memes and things like that. But anyway, it's a bit the, like Pythagoras. All these yeah, things attributed yeah, to yeah. Pythagoras. Which, yeah, no, no, not, not really. No, he was he was there yeah, around yeah, in the same no, it was just millennium. He was around. When a wise man points at the moon, the imbecile examines the finger. And I think in this situation, uh, the, the finger is, uh, is the controversy in Adelaide and, and, maybe, oh. and maybe Geelong missing for the first time in 17 years or maybe GWS beating Essendon. But I think the wise man is pointing at Melbourne. <laughs> and no one's really talking about Melbourne because they just had a solid win over Hawthorne. It but was solid. Just a solid finals preparation mm. win. But I reckon that there's a bit of misdirection going on and Melbourne are probably enjoying not being in the limelight 
Mm. seeing as they're probably premiership favourites right now. At the risk of absolutely blowing blowing all World War II things out, there's a famous (laughs) D-Day thing that says it takes a long time to break through before you can break out. And I think we've seen quite a few of these things where better teams... It takes three quarters mm. to get through the enthusiasm and the run and gun and learn some things mm. before you can actually break out and win yeah. by 20-odd points and things like that yeah. because every team's a good team yeah. virtually, yeah. as we saw Saturday. So that idea that I think, we're, we're, and we saw St Kilda do it as well, that idea that it took a fair while. It mm. took, like, you know, D-Day style. It took a while to break through, mm. but you've got to break through before you can break out. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. This is true. Very important. Yeah. Well, um, do you have any other favourite Confucian quotes? <laughs> no, I don't. But I rather admire the work. Yeah. I, I make them up to put them on the, on the practice rooms. Like, I try to not put signs up in the music room saying, don't eat. I try not to be negative. I try to mm. lighten that up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I make up Confucian quotes. And my favourite one was, um, it's a girls' school. She who, she who eats food in music practice room strikes wrong chord at the dinner table. Oh. Do you like that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Your intonation's slightly racist, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's good. No, I think it's good. A bit of Confuci- Confucius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we might come back with a quote from Confucius in the start of the second quarter, I think. Cause... Imagine the dinner table, Confucius... Pythagoras and Nostradamus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Three guys who reputedly said stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they'd probably be just pretty boring just sitting yeah. there going, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Was, was, that, was that you? Misquoted. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, it was me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I yeah. thought you were the triangle guy. I'm supposed yeah. to have said that. Yeah. Uh, now, I think there was some classic misdirection talking of misdirection and staring at the, you know, being marvelling at the moon, sort of, or marvelling at the finger. Collingwood, Brisbane, Friday night, I had the distinct feeling that a combination of marvel and, because Brisbane hate the G, mm. marvel coupled with uh, an absence of Collingwood's three best players, probably. Mm. Yeah. No. I, I'm not taking anything out of that. I I'm am. not being misdirected to the fact that Brisbane are fantastic and unbeatable and things like that because I suspect oh, no, I, if yeah. more Dagoe and Dacos had played... No one's saying they're especially unbeatable. Especially if it had been at the G. Collingwood um, win, in my more, opinion. More Dacos um, and, and Dagoe and the MCG worth more than four goals? Yes. There you go. All right. Without a doubt. I reckon it brings it to just be a close game. I think we could be in for a cracking grand final between those two. They would appear to be the grand finals. Yeah, and it'll be a yeah. close game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, Richmond did what they needed to do t- to North, and North ended up sort of with the prize after the weekend. Yeah, so, um, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I felt... Carl- 20, 20 games in a row they've lost? Yeah. That's a big... Like, there's all sorts of looking at the moon and getting stuck on the finger... Is that the, mm, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever the saying is? Yeah, keep going. Because, because mm. 20 losses in a row... Like, when teams used to get to 10 losses in a row... They'd be relocated. Yeah. Well... No, maybe not. Yeah, but yeah. We're, we're... Yeah, we're heading down that pathway. Um, but I'll, the thing that North's got going for it, A, they're financially secure, and B, I reckon they've got some really good young players. But 
Gee whiz. So if Hawthorne, Hawthorne fielded 12 players with under 50 games, so over half their team had mm. played under 50 games at the weekend, and they pushed Melbourne mm. for three quarters, well mm. and truly. Yep. So yeah, I'd yeah. be very concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Carlton, I thought, got a bit of a wake-up call from Gold Coast. Gold Coast showed that perhaps Carlton, we, we not that we're off the Carlton bandwagon, but, you know, maybe they're no better than... I actually than, tipped than Melbourne St Kilda. I tipped Gold Coast to win that game. Round about that sort of thing. Yeah, I reckon that was just a that was a game, Carlton. Hard to get switched on. You know, you're on a whatever winning streak, and mm. you're going up to Gold Coast expected to win, but mm. they're also towards the, like that. That was a danger game. Yeah, in fact, fourth, got fourth place was up for grabs though if Melbourne had got beaten the next day. Yeah. So. Um, percentage was going to play in it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't because they're they're the odd. They've had the draw, but um, have the correspondents had anything to say about? Uh, no, Gold they Coast? were there, but one of each. You see, Tom Barrett's for Carlton and Kai Barrett's for Gold Coast. So, oh, yeah. Perhaps they're still sorting it out on the streets of the Gold Coast or something. I don't know. Maybe they are streets of Surface Paradise. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Sounds like a seventies uh, folk song. It's Geelong, the end of an era. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just writing a song yeah. in my head about the streets of service. Uh, Geelong, the end of an era. Oh, look. You'd be mad to write them off because the, they recruit so brilliantly. Yeah. You missed the finals twice in 17 years. You're not probably going to miss too many more. You're a, you're a club with an... Given the age of, you know, the draft and the salary cap and everything else, yeah, you, they're an amazing regenerative club, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're so a destination well. club. They're going to be fine. They've still got Jeremy Cameron for how many more years? Like, yeah. No, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, um, they'll be back. And um, yeah, Melbourne and Port, it, uh, Melbourne and Port did what they needed to do. What does what, what does the Geelong slide say about your favourite player, Joel Selwood's um, impact on the place now that he's gone? Well, because yeah, I reckon it's telling. And when people talk about you know Jack Viney being the new Joel Selwood yeah. sort of thing in terms of that sort of you know just put your head over the board or costy type things. Melbourne would have been gone a couple of times this year. Yeah. I could probably count back four games where Jack Viney has just dragged them over the line and, yeah. you know, come with me, boys, sort mm-hmm. of thing, along with maybe Gordon Petrarca. But Jack Viney's been the one that's done the Selwood, so I think they're really missing him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, and I'll, lastly, um, because we'll talk about Adelaide, Sydney in quarter two, I think I'm Western sure we Bulldogs. Uh, what on earth? Yeah. Some things, some things just can't be explained. Like no, West Coast looked good. They did well again. They played the, good football. Back to your point from the other week, McGovern. Yeah, like he was the difference. He was. He just he just patrolled the back line like a, you know, like a slightly aged, uh, overweight farmer. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> with, just rounded with, it with up. With authority. And, yeah, with authority. Yeah. yeah. And I think your point from a few weeks back was also well served when we were talking about the injury list. And there were there were a lot of names, there's a lot of names that didn't play very, like a lot of names that don't stand out at West Coast. Mm. Hoff. Hoff. Like. Didn't even have the in front of it. <laughs> the Hoff. <laughs> um, you know, you, you listed them off. And some technical difficulties cut the uh, rest of our rambling mess off of that quarter. So uh, you didn't I think it was fortuitous, to be honest. Yeah, you didn't miss much. <laughs> no, um, missed nothing at all. But the point was made, and we're going to go take a little break now, um, and we'll come back 
with a functioning recording device and uh, the second quarter where we'll have some controversy, mm-hmm. which we were not short on this round. No. Hmm. See you in a sec. Welcome back to the second quarter of episode 19. Back to the footy, season two. I'm here with Con, not the fruiterer, the Fuchsius. Thanks, George. Um, my goodness, we were treated to some controversy this weekend. And, um, yeah, I, I just feel so bad for a team that I have no affiliation whatsoever with in, uh, in Adelaide, really. I... I don't barrack for them, I don't for anything, but gee, I feel sorry for them because they've put in a heart and soul effort for the entire year and um, when you think about those horrendous hours of pre-season, you know, mm. on the beach at Glenelg in the beating sun, you know, yeah, that those, those people have had to go through and to have their finals aspirations simply removed because the guy didn't do his job properly. Look, you're a sensitive soul, and I know mm. you're empathetic, and uh, I reckon they could have avoided getting 40 points down, and <laughs> this might not have been such a big deal. I, I don't know. <laughs> they could have won a few of those games they lost by under a kick. Well, that's always the argument, isn't it? That I, they got themselves into that position through incompetence, so they shouldn't actually blame one other person for making the final stroke. It's a little like blaming the goalkeeper in soccer when the goal goes in. It's actually not the goalkeeper's fault necessarily. There's a bit all. of that, yeah. I mean, like a howler of a decision and the fact that it wasn't reviewed as a standard procedure. The fact that it wasn't reviewed is just horrendous. Yeah, that's mm. appalling. Everyone makes a mistake and there's a lot of movement around the pole, the post, um, when, you know, as the ball passed it. So you could be forgiven, but you've got to review that. You've got to review yeah. it. But he made a mistake, and what a, like, I wonder if that's the sort of bloke who throughout his whole life has made those sorts of mistakes, <laughs> you know, like tripped over as he walked up to get an award or graduate or something like that, or, yeah, you know, he forgot the rings on his wedding day. Be, he or... wanted to be an umpire, but just <laughs> made some howlers, and so he became a boundary umpire, and he just couldn't, couldn't quite. Run, so yeah, a little like the boundary umpire in the Melbourne Hawthorne game when the ball was about a metre out and he just, no, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Got a free kick against, another howler. Mm. Yeah, and he's gone, no, perhaps goal umpiring is the last, <laughs> this is my last shot at doing something successful. But no, it was, I I get that, I get that mistakes happen and I get the, but the, I don't like the idea that, um, the AFL can just say, and Gil can just say, oh, look, we're really, really sorry. And that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, because I don't know about your kids, but the way my kids sort of, I tried to, you know, run, well, you don't, if you do something, you know, that you shouldn't do or you hurt somebody's feeling, don't just, don't say you're sorry unless you're actually going to mm. either, either A, take a consequence or B, do something to actually fix it up. Don't yeah. even bother saying you're sorry yeah. because if you're not willing to actually do something, yeah. then you're clearly not sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. a little like the, the student that, you know, comes back in the classroom after, the, after being incredibly rude to the teacher or something and just says, oh, sorry. Mm. And there's no consequences associated with that. Uh, well, that's appalling I in like, my book. I like the other one that I told you, the comparison with um, someone who gets a, 
a speeding fine and three demerit points. Mm. And then and then Vic Rhodes comes back and says, oh, actually, it was our mistake. Um, sorry about that. You still have to pay the fine and you've lost your points. Uh, but it was our mistake. Mm. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it makes no sense. And, and really, in this case... Mm. I reckon there is probably a case for at least uh, for some compensation, either the points or some cash. <laughs> yeah, <I'd, laughs> they've, got, they've already got gather around over there. And sorry, maybe. without sorry, without consequences or some form of recompense, mm. is is not sorry. It's, it's not just sorry. not sorry at all. Um, what about fixing and, and should it go to the whole of the AFL so can retrospectively? Um, or whoever who's been rubbed out this round already, yeah. uh, somebody from Swans, I think, who's about to take a week's rest, can he just front up to Gill on, on the tribunal on Monday night and go, look, sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was an honest mistake. I'm really sorry. And Gill would go, well, you know, you have to take the consequences. Well, you haven't. I might go back to the archives and see whether there was an apology when Tom Hawkins hit the post in the 2009 grand final and... Yeah, really cost us the season. That, I don't remember there being this bigger furor about that at the time. No, like we lost. It was twelve points, but six of them were after the siren. Like that was, mm. but it wasn't at the end of the game. I wasn't guess at the was end the of the thing. game. Yeah, right. I have a solution. Rather than being entirely negative, I like being solution. I have a solution. Do Why do? don't we just go like every other code in the world of football and just go well? If it hits the post and goes through for a goal, it's a goal. Hits the post and goes through for a point, it's a point. Because you can see that on the screen really, really easily because either ball will, ball will occlude mm-hmm. post or post will occlude ball. So there's no controversy whatsoever about that. And, and that just takes the whole business... I think, it takes it all out of play. I think you're being... Un-Australian by suggesting that, and I've got a much more Australian solution. Oh, Hang on, wait. For you're it. not one of those people no, that goes with. Well, it's tradition. No one has suggested what I'm about to suggest. Oh. In cricket, we've got the zinger bales. In footy, <laughs> the zinger oh. posts, and and if the ball touches it, they start flashing. Um, the ball goes through it, they turn green or something. Ball goes the other side of it, they turn red, like. It's technology can do that. You've got sensors that can do all sorts of things. Let's let's spice the game up a little bit. Zinger posts. Zinger posts. Oh, I really like what that. Do you reckon? Yeah. Because we and then the goal umpires, like we don't really the days are probably gone. We, in the AFL we don't need goal umpires anymore. The technology's there. What about when can, the crossing the line thing, the touched over the line thing? The technology's there. Like mm. And, well, we've got that every in soccer, haven't we? We've got ball fully over the line in soccer. Yeah. And it works brilliantly. Yeah. I like your idea. Zinger posts. Zinger posts. <laughs> That's excellent. Ah, uh, yeah. Because we're focused on the codes, but you know, cricket's got a bit to offer. Ah, uh, oh, I still like, oh, no, I'm still, well, I'm still sort of fond of my idea a little bit, but I, I like <laughs> I the like Zinger posts. Um, imagine, imagine on, on, on whatever Wednesday night, if Australia had knocked one into the, into the, uh, yeah. you know, and it hit the post and gone in or like the Spanish girl last night, she yeah. just bent it around and it hit the post and gone in and yeah. they've just gone, no, nah, it's not a proper goal. Yeah. No, nah, it hit the post on the way in. So. Uh, and conversely, uh, imagine the excitement if the zinger, <laughs> the zinger box. Zinger box. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, look, this is. It's got to be a. It's got to be a bloody something we can suggest. Someone's got to be listening. Someone that can just pass this on. Yeah. Or Gil has made such a. Well, actually, and the I've, AFL had such a bad weekend that they probably take anything. Yeah, I've got my contact with Gil, and I know only Kath's listening. Right. I told. I mentioned on the pod that they had lunch. Oh, yes. Did I mention that? Yes. With, with Heather? Yeah, yeah. She said it was a it was a um, it was an entertaining lunch and she was she was um, smitten with Gil. Mm. Thought he was a great guy. Yeah. So did I until this weekend. No. Uh, and maybe she could just give him a call. Maybe. Yeah. Did he would it did he give you his number, Kath? I don't know about any of that. How smitten? Oh, look, she dropped his name about sixteen times over the weekend. Cool. Pretty smitten then. Yeah. Oh. She's pretty funny, Cass. She had this thing over the weekend where um, at any occasion she'd, she'd say, <laughs> when I was in Aix-en-Provence, oh. uh, you know, just to, to drop it. Right. So my Auntie Mary, you know, she'd be talking about like, uh, I don't know, getting a new... At one point, at one point, oh, my Auntie Mary, she says some things at the... At the we're, we're driving out... She's getting the, on a bit, your Auntie Mary, she's isn't she? Wow. Mine's just... Mine's just keep, you know, it's gone, you know, left the mortal coil, sadly. Yeah. Um, my yeah. Auntie Mary, but I think everyone needs an Auntie Mary. Mm. Isn't Auntie Mary also code for, you want to visit Auntie Mary? Oh. I think kind of oh. the toilet is uh, as well. Oh. But, but Auntie Mary, I think I've heard that. But Auntie Mary, this Auntie, yeah, Auntie Mary's real and she, we were in the car and I'm sitting in the back, which I don't often do, and I was enjoying the peace and quiet, to be honest. Auntie Mary turned around and said, uh, you doing all right back Who there? was in the front or you just been chauffeured? No, um, Auntie Kath. Oh, Sister Kath. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mary turns around, you doing all right back there, um, George? Um, <laughs> it, it could be a bit of a bumpy ride because my rubbers are a bit worn. Oh. And I wasn't quite let sure. Let it go. What, what she was, well, I didn't let it go. <laughs> oh, right, okay. We, uh, yeah, we weren't quite sure about that. And, uh, and then, of course, the other big story for the weekend. Oh, what was that? Well, Mary, well, this this one's um, this one's going out to Auntie Kath and Uncle Sci-Fi oh. listening. Mary just we were driving and she realised that she was not seeing so well in the dark. She was driving and she just decided to say, <laughs> "I hate getting old. First of all, your eyesight goes, then your hearing, and then she went straight to, and then your your pupa valve goes. Oh, the pupa valve." Yeah. <laughs> Was a bit it escalated quickly oh it escalated quickly and you know when i really... hope not the same day the three things go oh look she followed it up with a story that was not podcast worthy it was uh it was difficult to it was difficult oh to so it's a bit of first-hand story. experience it was graphic oh. <laughs> so anyway why am i talking about Annie mary uh oh we were we were on, we're on the street talking not in public right? oh look Questions were asked. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the wedding... Oh, Aix-en-Provence, that's right. Um, so Cass in the front, you know, and Mary says, you know, you're doing all right back there? My rubbers are a bit worn. And Cath goes, oh, when I was in Aix-en-Provence, <laughs> there, uh, there were rubbers everywhere. <laughs> that's not a direct quote, but, yeah, very funny. Oh, Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear a bit more about Auntie Mary, but... Um... Well, I've got another one about Auntie Mary. Oh, no, I shouldn't. She's actually a really warm-hearted, you know, mm. just a, a great great person who occasionally forgets herself <laughs> and starts talking about 
fun- bodily functions. Bodily functions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking of bodily functions, uh, did you watch the Did you watch the um, semi final and final of the? Of I watched the, the semi final. I, was, yeah, I, was I, I didn't flight, like though. those England tactics and they employed them again last night against Spain, the treading on feet and the, they're a bit, they're just nasty. I didn't like that at all. I, I've, I, I was very glad Spain won because they played the game as it should be played. Mm. At home and, and far, far away. away. <laughs> yeah, no, they played it. Uh, they played Carmen, it very. It's, sp- Carmen is set in Seville, or is it all? Carmen is set. Yeah. Yeah, is it Seville it's, or it's Spanish opera? Yeah. And last night I felt it was a Spanish opera. They played. <laughs> oh, they played beautiful football. It was a joy to watch the Spanish last night. And they, they beat a team that relied on muscles and thuggery, in my opinion, and I, uh, you know, and skill. But too much of the, too much of the heavy duty work and the, you know, the stamping on the feet and all that sort of thing. I can't be doing with that. And give Spain credit too; they didn't stay down. Yep, Spain fully deserved to be World Cup champions, and the Matildas, Matildas gave all that they could. In the Covered themselves since, in glory. Yeah, they did. Yeah, ranked tenth, ended fourth. And I, I've heard a bit of gendered commentary about the English tactics, and people saying, "Oh, if it was a men's team, no one would even be talking about it." And actually, they I would be. Yeah, they, they would, would be. be. Yeah, I don't and, agree they have, with that in and they have. And they have in the past. Yeah. So yeah. we'll just just put that out there. It was it was one team had nothing to do with the gender. They were just were playing. They were playing a bit tougher than. Yeah, and, and, uh, uh, the spirit of the game would suggest that they should. They weren't playing in the spirit of the game. No, yeah. I didn't think, and uh, I think now it's um, Ashes and World Cup. I think it's um, England nil. Rest of the world too. In the moral, the moral <laughs> ashes. Oh, the moral ashes. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to get back to the moral ashes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, what a load of rubbish. What about the Matildas though? Like, is it unprecedented? The the level of interest you know like you know something's a big cultural event where a a graph gets put around on social media of the effect of the flush factor yes because i saw it for the semi-final and sydney water put out a thing just showing like and we've mentioned in half-time previous episode the flush factor in american and australian sport is an amazing statistical yeah um, rabbit hole to go down. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and it happened again. It happened again. It happened to Kathy Freeman. One was another yeah, one. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, unprecedented. And everybody talking about it. That quarter final, mm. the France game. Yeah, we'll always have the France game. We will. <laughs> and Let's uh, come back with quarter three. We'll take a break there. Uh, what's in quarter three? Got a quiz. We bathed in a lot of nationalistic. Sort of glory, didn't we? We, we, were very, <laughs> we, did. we were very proud of being Australians. We obviously always are, but I mean, we, yeah. we we're walking, walking a little taller. And like the Australian man sitting in the saddle, like you said. Australians yeah, always sit a, bit, a little bit taller. They do saddle. sit a little bit taller in the saddle. Yeah. yeah, very pleasing. All right, we'll take a break. And welcome back to the third quarter. We've uh, composed ourselves after talking about Annie Mary and uh, and I'm here with Con. Yeah, I was rather hoping with the Annie Mary story that you would uh, you would follow through. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, uh, 
Anyway, the quiz. Yes. What 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 particular thing connects all these events? <laughs> South Warrnambool. That's <laughs> not South Warrnambool. A 2005 game between Melbourne and Carlton. Oh, yeah. I'm starting with... I'm trying to be a little bit obtuse here. Okay. Uh, i just work my way into it here. 2005. A 2005 Melbourne-Carlton game. Okay. Do you want me to get the next one out? Yeah. I might just give you all five before you answer because you'll... Mm. Might give me a what? I might give you all five things. Okay. A prime ministerial car park, country footy style, on the side of the ground. Prime ministerial car parked, country footy style, on the side of the ground. Okay. Jezza, not Cameron, the Jezza. Yeah. KO'd. KO'd in 79. Uh, the ankle, the grand final. I don't think it was in the grand final. Well, he got chaired. He couldn't walk after the grand final in 79. Oh, but anyway, well, might have been maybe earlier final. that year. Yeah. Well, I thought that was his ankle or something. Uh, Carlton won the flag in 79. They did, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, last, was he the last captain coach to, to win a flag? I think that was the deal mm-hmm. that day. Um, Blighty's goal, as called by Mike Williamson. Yeah. And lastly, the 1945 bloodbath. They were all held at Princess Park. Correct. Yeah. And given that you went Princess Park for every answer last time and got it wrong, <laughs> I thought this quiz, I'm just going to have to go with the answer oh, being thanks. Princess Park because yeah. you just yeah you just rattled off Princess Park in a futile attempt to answer the previous quiz. Yeah. Was the 2005, was that the last game at Princess Park? That was the last game at Princess Park. And um, I don't know if you remember it, but Cooter actually ended up with the ball at the end and Cooter handed the game ball. Mm. You know, he won at that stage, mm. you know, when you know before we had 800 balls on the ground and yeah, stands yeah. and some bloke polishing them and yep. some ridiculous woman from South Australia telling us not to market and various things like that. Um, yeah, the one game ball gave it to Big Nick. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah, isn't that nice? I like that a lot. So Princess Park and the Prime Ministerial... Car got to drive up and park, sort of on a dais. Really? On the fence, country footy style. Yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts? Which which corner of the ground? I spent a bit of time at Princess Park. I don't know exactly. Okay. So did I. I used to live in Pigton Street, or in Rathdown Rathdown and Pigton. Yeah, yeah. Corner there, next to the, uh, or about 20 metres up from the Great Northern. Hotel, which was named, I might add, mm. uh, in the Age Guide to the Thirty Best Pubs in Melbourne. Is that right? Just yeah. recently, on the at the weekend, the Great Northern. Yeah, it was named, and I must say, along with the Napier and, and the Standard, very nice, both in there. Yeah, so yeah, it should be. Yeah. The Great Northern, what a pub! Oh, good pub, great times. Yeah, so many. I tried uh, to... now with a very nice beer garden as well. Yeah. Mm. I um I it was my first attempt at creating what the hipsters call community. Oh, <laughs> when I lived on uh, on Drummond Street, just a, a block oh, away, yeah, yeah. Mm. Melbourne's widest street, mm. according to John Clark. Um, and I decided I'd start community night at the Great Northern, just with the people I knew around there. There was quite a few mm. ex students at the con who lived around that area. Community night, and at last it was a great community for three weeks. Oh. <laughs> And then we all got gigs and things came up. And oh, right. Yeah. yeah. No, we only had a community of 
just three, just three people. There are three of us in the house, really. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. The Prime Minister who got to park his car, the rolls, at the side of the ground? Uh, was it, was it, uh, was it Malcolm, Gough Whitlam? Malcolm no. Fraser? Oh, no, you have to go back a fair bit further. Oh, further. Gough was a man of the people. Yeah, good point. Gough. No, no, Robert, Robert Menzies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, Jezebine KO'd. Blighty's goal that was supposedly, according to Mike Williamson, absolute legendary commentator, 85 to 90 metres. Mm. Rivaled Long Dave, I think. Ah. And, uh, and the 1945 bloodbath. And I think everybody probably knows about the whole business of the, of the bloodbath and things and how many people were... You know, suspended and da 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 between Carlton and South Melbourne and things like that. Um, but I don't think many people would, if you asked them, would re- remember that that actually uh, bloodbath, the grand final, mm. happened at Princess Park, mm. not at the G. Yeah, and no. why not? I suspect it was because it had become a um, government area for like troops. Situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because um, I think the. Pacific surrender had only either only recently happened or was yeah I mean recently or about yeah. to happen so I I, th- I think because troops troops were actually camping there yeah, at the time right. okay mm. um, um, so I, I suspect that's the reason but I I'm I'm happy to be corrected on that yeah but yeah a lot of people also don't realise that the, the Carlton finished fourth that year and in the preliminary final. They were like five goals down at three-quarter time before there was a massive blue. Mm. Massive blue. So, so Carlton were involved in huge blueing mm. two weeks in a row. Mm. And they, in the last quarter, they, beat, they ended up beating Collingwood in that preliminary final. But they kicked 6-3 to a point mm. in the last quarter to get up after wow. finishing fourth in the, yeah, yeah. for the year. So It gives hope to... Oh Saints. yeah! Look, there's a lot of hope in that story, and a lot of violence. And and I heard is that the one that Bob Pratt got hit by a bus in the week leading up to the grand final? Oh, an accidental, yeah. an accidental side swipe by a bus. <laughs> Unlikely that that was an accident, yeah, don't you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. So I think fairly recognisable man. I think he missed that. Um, missed that game. Mm. So there would have been even more violence. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. it was, Bob Chitty took care of pretty much most things. Bob uh, Chitty. Do you know anything about Bob Chitty's other career? No. He was he acted as Ned Kelly in the very first ever motion picture. Oh, yeah. Really? Citation needed, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Not the very first motion picture, but the very first motion picture about Ned Kelly. Motion picture with sound, maybe? Or the very first, because the, the, silent, the silent movies mm. were around then. But maybe he was in the first feature film with sound. With sound? In the world. I believe the story of the Kelly gang was the first one. Right. And again, I'll stand corrected if someone's got more info, but Bob Chitty oh, acted as You're as a man Ned. who knows the arts. Mm. Oh. A man who saw the centenary of AFL football in 1996 documentary. <laughs> I think it was in oh, that. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Bob Chitty. So, yeah, 63,000 people. At Princess Park? Yeah. I, <laughs> I've been there on days when there's been about 25,000 people. In the stand, and oh, in a, in the standing cool. room for the entirety of my yeah. uni type yeah. time, I suppose when when I used to go to Princess Park, and certainly the year I lived in Carlton, I went to every home game virtually. And I don't think 
I just can't see 63,000 people in there. Oh, they it would have been crammed been right up on the ground, in. up to the up to the boundary line, and you know they yeah. used to do that. Oh, it must have been incredible. Yeah, it would have been great. So, uh, yeah, that that it's. I think it's an absolutely. There, there was hue and cry in the media afterwards because they were saying not so much about the violence being a poor reflection necessarily on the players, but it being a poor reflection on the fact that. You know, World War Two is just sort of uh, mm. you know we didn't really need we didn't really need another demonstration of violence just to sort of you know add on to what we've already had. Mm. So it didn't get good press at the time. I know it's become a bit legendary now, but it was uh, it wasn't met with good no reviews at the time um, at all. No, no, sixty three thousand people. That's going to be crushed. Have you been in a situation where, like, how do you go in a Small enclosed space with lots of people. I can't go in a small enclosed space because I'm incredibly claustrophobic. But okay, what about uh, expensive with lots of people, football stadiums? Uh, with lots the of most packed I've ever been in was our Everton Spurs at White Hart Lane oh, yeah. um, in the days before. Oh gee, it was it was the same year as the Hillsborough disaster. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. five, um, and that was packed. To the point, I mean, I know we talked about Windy Hill last where people were packed in and having to just mm. urinate where they mm. where they fell. But um, this was much more sardine than that. You were actually wedged in. So if anything had happened, when the crowd surged... You just moved with You them. just moved with them or you went down. And, uh, and, um, and Hillsborough, um, the only silver lining out of those particular things was that they're all seater stadiums now for all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, we didn't have to, we shouldn't have had to have that to get that. No, not at all. This is where my sister would say, well, when I was in Aix-en-Provence, <laughs> I, I was at a restaurant that was oh. over capacity. Oh, huh. the, the, I reckon the, the tightest I've ever been crammed in anywhere was on a, uh, a little public bus in Guatemala. They have, they have the chicken buses Mm. Which get they get packed, so that's a school bus size though. So you might fit sixty people. Right, the, one, the yellow, the yellow old-fashioned kind of ones. Yeah, yeah but they yeah. jazz them up with hyper colours, and but you, it's, it might seat sixty in America, but in Guatemala you might they probably squeeze a hundred to hundred and twenty, so two people per seat. But then they have these mini buses which go between the smaller towns. It's generally, two people per seat, isn't it? Yeah. No, well, like four people per oh, right. per seat. You know, like yep. one on one layer and then another layer on top. Oh, right. okay. But these these minibuses, like a high ace sort of size. So what is that? Like seats 12 or mm. 15 people maybe. 15. I reckon there were 50 people in this bus. Like it was me and there were three people sitting on my lap. Like, like it, was, it was, the windows were open. But when you're in a situation like that, the claustrophobia goes out the window. It's like shared trauma that turns into a celebration of humanity. Because <laughs> I made friends that no, day. No wonder your community night only lasted three weeks. <laughs> like you just... I think people crammed yeah. into, you know, one, one basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but everything's funny in that situation. Like I had little Guatemalan women who were like, you know, like they'd be one to break wind and everyone would laugh because what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like it was just, it was just good fun. <laughs> and for hours on these slow roads too anyway yeah oh, for hours oh because the, the deal over there is they only build a road when US government gives them aid hmm. and so they might build 100 metres at a time oh right okay further. so you can be going along this brand new road and then all of a sudden 
potholes and you're going at like 30 k's an hour uh, for the rest of the trip okay. from one end of the country to the other. How long days? Gee. Well, I had a long day in Turkey where a chicken roosted on the back of my seat all the way from Istanbul to Ankara. Oh. Yeah, chickens <laughs> yeah. just perched. Yeah. Were chickens everywhere. Yeah. Mm. And you just, just yeah. put up with it, basically. Yeah, I found it quite comforting in the end. What do you think of... Are you a, are you a chook man? Oh, I am. Very much so. You don't find how light they are to be a bit sort of disturbing? <laughs> no, the, the general mass of the chicken has never disturbed me. No, I rather like the... And I really like holding chickens. You love a chook? I do. I really like holding... Especially when they go all sort of quiet and just make quiet noises when you're holding them. I find the chicken incredibly oh, yeah. comforting. Ch- if the they chick- gave out chickens at funerals, I'd, I'd pick one up on the way in rather than a book. Yeah, just they're very comforting. Chook purr. Just a... Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be brilliant in a funeral, but, you know. Do, do you have chooks in anywhere in your extended sort of network at the moment? Does the lovely Anne have chooks? No, no chooks. No. Um, what, about, uh, what about Nanny? Uh, nanny? No, doesn't have the chooks. No. Yeah. Uh, goes through the eggs because she's a caterer extraordinaire. Is that right? But... Um, oh. No, it has to, has to buy them. I'd be very tempted if I had an alternative lifestyle to, um, geez, I'd have chooks again. I've had chooks twice in my life and I've really, really enjoyed them. We've got the chooks up, in, up on the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, they live a good life. Yeah. We were at Nanny's last night. You were? Yeah, the customary Sunday night. Yeah. Can you officially go at any point for a universally declared uh, meal? Meal, well, I mean, a meal that just is universal. The, the, the spaghetti bolognese, mm. which I refuse to call spag bol because I think it, you know, denigrates an absolute institution. Yeah. Is there a best spaghetti bolognese sauce? Because I reckon I almost had it last night at Nanny's. It was extraordinary. I believe there's a moment is. in time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is. And she's got a secret ingredient. I know what it is. Do you? Because I have a secret ingredient in mind. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't every dad who, like, every dad's got a. Oh, this is what I've been lacking recipe. over the years then. Oh, you've got a, a bunch of other recipes that you could pull out. But I, I think the, spag, the spaghetti bolognese. Sorry. Spaghetti bolognese. Uh, the secret, yeah, see, what's her secret ingredient? What's your secret? Yeah. I can't tell you. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah? Can you tell me? I can't. <laughs> I mean, I can say that it's not what you'd expect. There's a bunch of different secret <laughs> ingredients. I know someone whose secret ingredient is Vegemite. <sighs> they put in the spaghetti bolognese sauce. Yeah, no, I can... Because... That's not a million miles away from Nanny. Mm. No. Substantially, though, but not a million miles okay. away. So it's a, a product of some sort. It's, Is a, it it's Nutella? A... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a... oh, imagine that. That'd be appalling, wouldn't yeah, it? Would be. I have a real thing about hazelnuts, too. Anything to do with hazelnuts. Oh, really? I really detest. Yeah, a bit like pine nuts. I just... Oh, oh pine nuts. I find them cloying. Is that right? Yeah, cloying. The old pumpkin roasted pine nut salad oh. is that's a specialty of mine. Is it? Well, oh, sorry. Really. <laughs> Something I've made a couple oh. of times from time to time. On that note, I will turn off, we'll come back with quarter four and we'll just discuss the secret ingredients of, 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 of off, off mic. Oh, yeah, okay. Because yeah, I'd like to find out yours. Oh, yeah, all right. Well, um, and maybe we can start a Patreon account where if people would like to find out what we talk about in between. Mm. Quarters, um, they can. Yeah, most of subscribe. Which is certainly not repeatable on a. Oh yeah, no, uh, on, a, on a mainstream pod. It would have to be, have an explicit warning. Mm. 
Um, all right, yep, back in a sec with quarter four. Welcome back to the final quarter of Back to the Footy. Uh, I'm here with Con, and we've just been discussing secret ingredients. Thanks, George. We have, and the nanny's secret ingredient was you described as quite standard oh, for a well, secret ingredient. Uh, but I, um, I, I was much taken, yeah. and I didn't realise it was perhaps more of a standard ingredient. One thing we definitely can agree on, hopefully, mm. in the world of spaghetti bolognese or indeed any bolognese sauce... No that, veggies. No veggies. And in this case, onion is not a veggie. <laughs> Onion, onion's not a, no, onion's not a veggie. It's just a meat, uh, sort of friend of meat. It's a friend of meat. It's the icing on the meat it, cake. It's, it's meat's best friend. It's meat's plus one. Yeah. Onion and garlic. Yeah. I, oh, no, no, you don't know. I, I can't be doing with this idea that you can make it. it the, even the vague idea that you'd want to make the spaghetti bolognese healthy by putting veggies in. No, I can't be doing with it. If you want to have, if you want to have veggies, have veggies. But have a salad. Have a salad. Put a salad with it. The beautiful Anne put a, a very nice Greek salad last night with the spaghetti bolognese. Worked the treat. The Greeks and but the Italians have got along for years. Oh, they have. And that's terrific. But don't. No, just don't. No, yeah, I agree. And what about veggie lasagna? I've got no problem with the veggie lasagna so long as it's it's declared. You know, it's a little like, you know, if you're a card-carrying communist or if you're Mm. uh, a supporter of, you know, get it out there right at the start, Mm. you know, before you discuss things. Mm. And I think that's... that's Don't don't try to hide your light under a bushel and pass it off as a lasagna. Rach one time made... It's not actually lasagna. Yeah, Rach one time made... Um, lasagna, you know, I said, what, what, what are you cooking? I'm making lasagna, but it's veggie lasagna. I'm like, that's okay. It's, fairly, it's fairly veggie lasagna uh, without pasta. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and also I'm trying to cut down on acidic food, so there's no tomato in there either. I was like, so how is this a lasagna? It was just like a, a stack of veggies it's, that had been yeah. baked with some kind of, um, what was replacing... Yeah, it was not... It, she was it sort of going in, down the masaka line of sort of just having some white sauce in there to just oil it up, a, you I don't know, think, I don't lubricate think was, it up a little bit? I don't think there was any dairy. Oh, like, oh, this no. is the... And so it's, look, it's simply a labelling issue. It was yeah. quite nice what it was, but it just wasn't lasagna. It's just veggies, really. It's just veggies. veggies put in a dish. I used, to, um, I used to think I was making stir-fry, but I didn't quite know how to make stir-fry when Rach and I... She was vegetarian. She was vegetarian. Um, so I'm trying to make dinner and I thought stir fry was just, you just fry up some veggies and you stir. I didn't know about needing to have it on super high heat and not putting too much sauce in. And so I just would make these kind of broiled <laughs> veggies. Quagmire. Quagmire. Yeah. We, we ended up calling veggie surprise. Yeah. I did exactly the same <laughs> thing. I, I'm, I'm appalling at anything like that. Mm. Yeah. I have no, yep. No skills in that direction at all. Mm. None. Okay. Now, the weekend upcoming, I'm just less enthusiastic than I should be, I suppose, because some of these games, um, because of the, um, the umpire, who hopefully, you know, is in a good mental health state. <laughs> You're going to say, may he rest in peace. <laughs> may he rest in peace for having, having, having ruined millions of people's weekend. Um, 
Yeah. Imagine how he must be feeling today. He He's must... been sacked as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'd be feeling pretty... He'd be looking for another job. He'd be looking for another city. So he'd be looking in. for another city. Mm. Did you ever see the documentary about... Um, who's the guy who caught the, the baseball... Bartman or something? Caught, caught the baseball when the, um, when the Cubs? Or Red Sox? Yeah, Cubs. yeah, yeah. He leaned over and... What was his name? Oh, I don't recall. I just remember the incident. And... He had a name, something man, because of yeah. his hat. Yeah, and there's a great... Um, thirty for thirty documentary about it. Um, oh right! Did his life sort he, he of went crumble into a little bit? He went into hiding. And oh right! Yeah, I don't think his life crumbled, but he totally was in lockdown. Right. Um, until a decade or so later, when they won it, they gave him a public apology, and um, he refused to come to the functions because he'd just been the, the subject of vitriol for that long. Mm. Um, actually, so you wouldn't go to the. No, it's a little bit like. There we bring back Gil in the park on Sunday. Sorry. Oh, mm. I want to apologise for making your life a living hell for the last 10 years. Um, Is here, there any compensation? Here's a ball. Yeah, here's, here's, a, ball. here's, here's a game ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry without compensation. Mm. It's not sorry. No. Um, Essen and Collingwood would have been a cracker if Essen was still alive. Would have been a great game. Uh, if they hadn't been they beaten would've... by... They have 120 points. Like, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah, a big no, loss. It would have been a terrible game, probably. Um, Essendon, have Essendon actually... In, oh, I know, I, I, I'm listening to something, Adam Romanaskis, who I, I really I really respect his comments and things, and he said the other day, none of the statistics would bear out at all that Essendon have improved one iota this mm. year, but the optics say that they have. Mm. And I think... Possibly he's correct. We've seen Essendon play quite well. But statistically, if you look at their... Yeah, I don't know about not that. Not in the last few weeks, but we did earlier on. It's like being a math they teacher. They played really well with, against Melbourne, that's for sure. Imagine being a math teacher of a grade 7 class and, you know, the kids are generally a bit happier than they were last year. They're doing more work, but then they do their NAPLAN and the results have gone down. Like, yeah, do they... I don't know. Perhaps they come back with, to do maths in grade eight a little happier. But still not able to count. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hawthorne Frio is a, um, Hawthorne Frio is, is a, uh, a dead rubber. Uh, Could be a good And only Mary would like that. She's <laughs> familiar with the... The dead rubbers. The, the, the dead rubbers. Um, yeah. I think it might be a really nice game though. Yeah. No, oh, it'll be really so open too. and... Um, Hawthorne will win it and they'll springboard into next year. Yeah, absolutely. Big year. Are they well coached or what? Yeah. Or well drilled or they they're just they're just a really, really good young team. There's something to be said for well, racism aside, the, the club culture, like a winning culture. Um it, it covers a lot of um a lot of weaknesses, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've bottomed out and they've still won a bunch of games and they still look promising because yeah. the culture's there. Like, they don't accept... That's right. They're like Geelong. The culture is incredibly, yeah. incredibly strong in terms of their football performance and yeah. how they work. Yeah. yeah. Nothing but respect for Hawthorne there. Mm. Uh, North and Gold Coast, well, North. Do you think North will... Are they happy to protect the number one draft pick? Yeah, Gold Coast will win that. They'll win it by... Uh, by 40... I look, I'm yawning just thinking about it. They're gonna, they'll win it by seven goals or something stupid. Yeah, I, I think North might... Yeah, they might just rest the 
the whole thing and Zebul not playing and Zebul not playing. Um, they'll rest Larky. Yeah, they won't score. They rest <laughs> Larky and not score. So Larky, um, I I almost if I was one of those sort of people that could do social media things, I'd be really mounting a um, a bit of a petition or whatever you do to have Larky considered at least for all Australian selection. I think you'll be considered. A I hope he is. A bit of a hashtag, mate. Is that what you're thinking? Or what, if that's what it's called? Hashtag. Yes. Yeah. As I, I think in a team that's just been absolutely woeful, he's unbelievable shining light. Would it be hashtag all loves Larky? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. Green and gold Lark. <laughs> no? Well, it's better than his nickname, which is Super Larky. Um, <laughs> now, Brisbane and St Kilda. Yeah. Brisbane, they've just they've got a win. Do they? Well, if Melbourne win by heaps or reasonable amount, Melbourne could go second, assuming that Brisbane um, lose and... So Brisbane can't take it lightly, otherwise they can lose second spot if Port Adelaide lose. Now, I know Port Adelaide is highly unlikely to lose to Richmond. Highly unlikely. But I don't think Brisbane can take it easy. I don't think they will, but I still think Saints are a chance. I think Saints are a sneaky chance Brisbane, too. Brisbane, big hype leading into their game last Friday. Mm. Emotional sort of hype. Yep. And there's every chance that they'll get done. Like um, Brisbane, when they were not so good, beat Geelong the week after the greatest home and away game ever in 2009 against St Kilda. Undefeated for 15 rounds or something leading into that game, and then Brisbane, who had... It was the miracle on grass, I think. Mm. Oh, was it <laughs> that point game? that never was. Yeah. But anyway, what, what I'm saying is, I think um, Brisbane had a... They're going to be great in the finals, but I reckon they could, their guard could be down this week. They may drop one. Were you just te- yeah. teasing me for not making my point very quickly? Another only Mary reference. Um, <laughs> now, Geelong Western Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, well, that's... Geelong can't. Western Bulldogs can only if a number of other things happen. Bulldogs have got to win that. Yeah, I think they. Otherwise, if they don't win that, but it is down at it is down at Cadenia Park. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, West Coast Eagles and Adelaide. That doesn't matter anymore. I and we know who we're looking at there. Man, who will be locked up for ten years and not able to show his face. Because it means nothing now. Yeah, I, I liked what I liked about that um, that umpiring decision was that the ABC commentators made the comment that it would have been the most St Kilda thing ever for an umpiring mistake in a different game to rule us out of the finals mm. if things had gone that way. We're out St Kilda, St Kilda, out St Kilda, St Kilda. I think West Coast wins that. I'm putting it on on tape. Well, it could be that Adelaide are just so forlorn. They, they, I mean, talk about emotional, emotional expense. These are young kids, and they've been surrounded by this this hype all this week. The, yeah, the and it's not it's not going to go away, especially in Adelaide. Yeah, so no. West Coast wins. West Coast wins. Port wins against <laughs> Richmond. I can't believe I just said that. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, Melbourne and Sydney will be a close game, and that's Buddy's farewell game. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Melbourne will win. Do you think? I don't. Think, I think, Melbourne, I think Melbourne might put the queue in the rack on that one because oh. the last thing they want to risk is 
Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because the games will all gone. They'll know if they're in fourth spot or not. Okay. And I would suspect that it might, if they just can't do anything and it's not going anywhere. If the Saints uh, beat Brisbane. Saints beat Brisbane. Saints beat, they'll go home. Saints beat Brisbane. But then Port, uh, Richmond's got to beat Port before Melbourne can go to second. Right. Melbourne wouldn't want to go to third. Right. Under any circumstances, really. Because then they've got to go to Brisbane yeah. and play Brisbane. They'd probably rather play Collingwood at the G than play yeah. Brisbane at the Gabba yeah. as a chance of getting into the preliminary final, do you think? Yeah. What about Collingwood? Like, are they... They've sort of been underwhelming recently, haven't they? Yeah. I think it's very even. Incredibly even. And Carlton GWS. Um, GWS have got to win that. Carlton don't have to. But GWS really have to. If the Bulldogs have already won... GWS have to win, don't they? Carlton had their scare last week. They'll win that. GWS that, will drop out. It's at Marvel. Yeah, GWS. And will will Bulldogs come in if GWS lose? If the Bulldogs beat Geelong, mm. they will. They will, yes. So there's a bit to play out. There's a bit to play out. Um, is it at Marvel? Let me, I've said that pretty confidently. Yeah, it's at Marvel. Mm. Rogery Land. Yeah, so... I mean... What a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Springs in the air. Springs in the air. Springs in this air. The yeah. flowers up on the bench there. Oh, really... look. Yeah, I'm very, very into the flowers at the moment. And, um, well, yeah. And, and it's, it is going to be a great weekend of football. And uh, it all, uh, like the man in the glass coffin, remains to be seen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Well, on that That's note, I guess, I guess we could put, put our own cue in the rack for the week. Yeah. Um, but big shout out to uh, Aunty Mary. And uh, <laughs> yeah, big shout out. And uh, apologies if that was inappropriate to tell that story, but I'm sure she wouldn't mind because you know she's got a great sense of humour. And uh, um, we need to, you know, we need to demystify and just tell, be a bit honest about um, destigmatise ageing. Um, some things don't work as well as they used <laughs> to, and I think it's good that we all feel, you know, probably, you know. Feel a bit more comfortable about that. It's a public service. Although it's a public service. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, on the streets of Sydney, that wasn't a public service. No, that was not a public service. <laughs> that took a public service for a clean up. No. Yeah. <laughs> it took getting the information out in the public. Yeah. Yeah, a bit too far. All right. So um, back to the footy at gmail.com if you'd like to complain about me using that story <laughs> or just to say hi. Uh, we haven't heard from um, the mothers of any players. Recently, there was a bit of a spate of commentary from, you know, different players' mums, early doors. Yeah. So... Probably need to have a bit of a look at that, don't we? Yeah. Um, maybe if anyone knows yeah. anyone, they can write in just to say hi. Yeah. Spring, spring's in the air, so um, it's, a, it's a... Yeah. It's, all, it's a nice time to be alive again, isn't it? It is. All right. Yeah. Well, have a great week and... Uh, May the best team win <laughs> or something. Say hi to your mum for oh us. Oh, my God, that was banal. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, all right, see you later. Did you know, just oh. before we go, that, um, yeah, brides used to carry a pineapple or strawberries back in the day. For fertility or something like that? No, it, it symbolised perfection. A pineapple? Yeah. yeah pineapples pineapple. are anything but perfect. Yeah, a pine- pineapples and strawberries. In Strawberry. the language of flowers, perfection. Mm. And on that note... On that note, may your, may your flowers bloom. Yeah. May your team carry a pineapple into the finals. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>